right. This is another episode of The Far Side of Midnight. I'm Roderick Z, your host. And I thought it would be fun to do something a little different. So I have several individuals here who happen to all be magicians in their own way. And this is the Lords of Chaos. We're going to talk about some pretty cool stuff this evening. So anybody want to introduce themselves first? Feel free. I'll go. <laughs> I'm Giovanni. Um, I'm on a YouTube channel called Agent Bloodline of Light, also on Facebook, and you can also find me on Instagram. I am a uh, also a progressive metal musician, go by Archangel Royale. Um, I like to, I enjoy writing, um, practice Qigong, and I also like to put in that I also am a certified Reiki master, and um, I enjoy reading and practicing yoga. Coolio. I can go next if you want. Sure. Um, so um, I'm Hunter Salazar. I have a channel literally called my name, Hunter Salazar, on YouTube. If you type it in, it's probably the first thing. Um, I'm a blood magician. I work a lot in graveyards. But unlike other necromancers, I really try to take care of the spirits and respect them. And then in return, they give me a certain amount of energy. And I try to process that energy in a graveyard and process it for myself as a filter into something that um, allows those those things that are left behind to move on. And of course, we have soul fragmentation, which I'm not going to go into. But um, I also, uh, I've been practicing blood magic, I think, for about eight or nine years now. Um, I have, first and foremost, I'm a devotee of the Divine Mother Kalima and Odin. Um, I consider myself an agent of order, but good order, not bad order, which uh, a lot of people do not know the difference. Um, I, uh, I do a lot of candle magic. I do a lot of spells. I do a, I make a lot of spell scrolls and I, um, I do a lot of spiritual paintings and, um, everything kind of coalesces into a path that I kind of make myself. And then also I'm a shamanic practitioner and I use various methods in that in order to hone myself and hone who I am so that I can more effectively accomplish what I want to accomplish. Um, that's just kind of like a, a general spread of, uh, of who I am. The only title I'm really comfortable with is Hindu, but that's a very vague and broad thing. Um, in essence, I'm very much of a dentist. But yeah, that's me. Cool. All right, I guess I'll go. Um, how are we doing tonight, guys? My name is uh, Damien James. I have a YouTube channel called The Chaos Vibration that focuses a lot on practical magic chaos magic um some of the new age stuff minus the hippie dogma um i'm also a life coach who works in a lot of practical magic to help people grow and develop their own manifestation systems or self-alchemical processes and i am also a modern mythos magician which some people will call pop culture magic i refuse to use that term <laughs> so if people are into chaos magic they're into the summonings of batman luke skywalker call it crazy i am all about that and i work with those spirits a lot and i am also starting to experiment with luciferianism there and have found a lot of neat correlations that will enhance the growing chaos magician cool i like anybody else okay uh yeah my name is rebecca and i am a buddhist witch and that means that I believe in a lot of lifetimes I practice magic and I've practiced in covens and I practice uh, right now I'm, I'm not in a coven so I'm a solitary practitioner. Um, I'm also a Buddhist which means that I, um, I meditate each day and I try to expand my consciousness which I believe is the one consciousness that's manifested in all beings and so I feel like that's the ultimate goal and the end of the rainbow so to speak. 
<laughs> where we all come back together, right? So that's my goal. And to kind of bring all the, all the beings, all of you, and all the good, the bad, the ugly, everything back to the source consciousness, because I think that that is where we feel the, the best. So that's my goal. And that's my, that's my MO. Um, other than that, you could find me by my name, which is Rebecca Newbold. I have a YouTube channel where I read poetry and I also read my own poetry, others poetry. I also do meditations. And I talk about the powers of meditation and what it can do uh, for people's consciousness and how it can um, tap you into the, the great beyond. And it's good for magic too. I think all magicians know that the ones that are worth their salt anyway. Cheers. Nice. All right. One more introduction. <laughs> hey, I'm Matt from Chaos Tarot. I've been practicing chaos magic um, since 2015. And I consider psych model and techno magic to be my jam. Nice. Coolio. All right. Welcome, everybody. It's really good to have all of you here. This is, uh, I feel like I'm getting like several episodes of this podcast in one episode. It's kind of cool. So anyway, um, I wanted to kind of dive into some pop culture stuff. And what kind of inspired that was I was talking to a friend of mine who also likes, he's also a magician, he loves horror movies. And he was telling me about a film called um, A Dark Song. Have you, has anybody seen that one or heard of it? I've never even heard of it. Yeah, I, I haven't watched it yet. I've heard two people talk about it. So basically it's a movie about like a revenge story, but it, he says it has a happy ending. He didn't ruin it for me. But it's something about um, the Goetia, like they reference the Goetia in it, you know, and all that stuff. And I just, but they reference it in like a um, very, obviously very dark and scary way. And every every time you see these kind of things done in Hollywood, there's always, when someone's doing magic, there's always windows flapping open and, yeah. <laughs> you know, like crazy. I mean, I know some sometimes things like that do actually happen, but in this movie, it's like, he was saying, well, they kind of misrepresented the goetic spirits and i haven't done anything like that i'm fly a little bit differently with that i'm not against it though at all i just for trying to do other things at the moment you know but um i don't know has anybody seen any movies recently that have that reference um actual real schools of magic at all or books uh, there's one thing that i hate about a lot of horror movies and it's that <laughs> It seems like everybody in horror movies has no idea how to handle anything that's going on. They either they either run away or they they like kind of like uh, they just experience them and become afraid. I I don't know if I've seen very many horror movies that they didn't have to call in a priest or a shaman or 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 somebody else to deal with it. I I would love to see a horror movie that somebody knows what to do in order to to address this spirit, this being, what have you. I I don't know if there's even a single horror movie that that happens in. I mean I I don't know. What do y'all think? And I kind of I kind of think it would sort of take the horror element out of it in a way. Maybe I mean, you have to be a good writer, but because the idea is to be really scared. So if you have like an expert in there, then you're like, oh, this is, yeah. you know, we have Hunter who's going camping with us. He knows necromancy. He knows what to do with these ghosts that are like feeding off of us or whatever, you know, something like that. <laughs> I've dealt I've dealt with some ghosts. One of them was a serial killer that I got. Anyway, Ooh. but yeah, definitely. Yeah, I wait, 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 wait. I, I, do you mind talking about that a little bit? <laughs> um. All right. So, so I have a vampire friend that's. Yeah. I'm I'm her reincarnated younger brother. I didn't believe that at the beginning, but after also seeing her and seeing what she can do, she's very old but very buff, and also she does she can do amazing things. 
I didn't really realize that she was a vampire until I saw some of these things, but I'm not going to go into it. Um, I will say that she kept on having, she kept on having um, nightmares where she'd be choked by this man and then she'd wake up and she was, and this is a very tough woman. This woman actually hunts, she, she like hunts, uh, let's say that she's a part of an organization that um, kind of takes care of pedophiles and she's very, very good in martial arts and stuff like that. She's very strong, um, but she was very afraid. And so she'd have these dreams or she'd being choked. And then she'd always wake up on the ground with all these bruises all over her body where she had been like hit or choked and stuff like that. So eventually, which actually happened sometimes, she came upon a photo of the exact person that was doing that. And, you know, it was completely random. They'd, like they, this person had no relation to her. And I'm like, okay, well, send me the photo and then I will, I will deal with it. So I, I actually have it. I mean, nobody listening to podcasts will be able to see it. <laughs> um i can show it to y'all if you want so basically what i did was i used the power i used the energy of uh, archangel michael as well as Nafis, which is one of the elder futhark runes and uh, i bound this spirit to a piece of wood this little board and basically made him my dog like now he can he ju- he has to listen to me and he can't do anything to anybody of course once i did that she didn't have any more nightmares or wake up with bruises or anything like that um, but, uh, I remember when I first did the rich, you know, did my ritual and, and pinned it and nailed it to this board. Um, I woke up the next night and there was this black shadow standing in the corner and I wasn't afraid because I knew like, I got you, you're chained up. I ain't doing nothing. And basically this, this man who, uh, he was a serial killer and a, and a uh, you know, a repeating rapist. And, um, she came upon a photo of him when he was younger, but you can tell there's a little bit of element of that still, you know, blossoming. Um, but it's a very old photograph. We're talking about like black and white before people smiled in photos. Um, I mean, if y'all want, I guess I can show you if, you if y'all want me to grab it, but only if y'all want. I, I don't have to grab it if y'all don't want. You want to. It's cool, man. Yeah, you know what I mean? I'll grab it. <laughs> oh, let's see that. Yeah. I still I mean, don't smile in photos for the record. <laughs> you know, for the longest time, I don't either, man. Like, I feel like it, I feel like it's kind of fake to smile in photos but that's just me i don't know i, I did it before i meditated now i'm now i do smile now you do oh that's great now i do <laughs> good it's good it's genuine it's really depends it's on my like, Whoa. i mean you could go on my profile my facebook profile didn't smile for years start meditating every day last year smile every time i take a photo you're sending energy when you smile oh good for her bruh what is that that looks pretty um i mean the viewers cannot see this but what were you right. Yeah. So you have the rune Nothis, Elder Futhark, which I've been working the runes for many years. Um, I've been kind of doing all of this for at least a decade, but you got Nothis around. Then you got a you got a sigil for Archangel Michael. And then I think that I added uh, some paint and some of my blood in here to actually just enhance the ritual. But after I did this um, and made this and pinned them here with that nail right in the center, and I did the whole ritual. Then she didn't wake up anymore with that problem. But every now and then I'll see him standing in the corner like a shadow. But it's like, it's like, I, it's basically like somebody chained up in the corner. But this man's a repeated rapist and a repeated like a serial killer. So I don't feel too bad about making my dog and like being able to tell him what to do. But um, every now and then I'll, I'll get somebody who asked me to do something like this and I'll do it. Um, but once again, I never really learned from anybody. I just learned from experience and somehow it just ends up working. But yeah, this, that's just, that's kind of what it looks like but I don't want to be too long-winded. So there you go. <laughs> wow. It's, uh... <laughs> I'm kind of interested in, uh, you said, telling him what to do. Uh, do you use him for other workings and stuff besides just keeping him in his little cage? I, 
most the vast majority of the t- i mean maybe i i kind of made him into a guard dog more than anything um i don't really like even though he's a negative spirit um and that's under my control i really don't want to i really don't want to have conversations with him or anything like i could technically tell him to do things and who knows if they if he'd be able to do it so i actually don't know how powerful he is but um but i will say yeah i mean if I really wanted to, I can use them to like either go after somebody or something. But once again, I don't do very many curses, and I, I, I kind of focus on defense magic a lot of the time when I do magic or uh, uh, enlightenment or, or uh, gaining knowledge. I'm not really into curses. I usually don't need to do them because Kalima usually, I mean, she singed a few people like astrally that people have told me about and asked me like, man, I should not have tried to probe you. But yeah, I actually haven't. I haven't asked them to do anything to be honest. Sounds, sounds pretty intense, actually. <laughs> I find curses to be a waste of time with a lot of people, personally. Yeah, I mean, Espe- might as well just get over it. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I think about it, and it's always they're not worth it. And if they're into magic and they screwed you, it's like you're gonna. That's going to show up in your magic. You're going to screw a spirit, and God help you or whatever it is you believe in. So, yes, to me, it depends. Like, um, if they done something to me. Instead of me just going out there and just throwing at somebody, it's like, but it has to depend on the situation. If they they really try something really heavy upon me, then that's what make me want to you know push back. But if something like very light, like just want to like throw bad energy and bad luck, then I'll just brush it off and just move on. You know, right. Everyone has different temperaments with it, I guess. Like I've I've never actually done any uh, cursing or hexing. I mean, I've played around in the past, like years ago, with like defense magic. And stuff like that but i've always had a very um kind of pacifist kind of way of being living like earlier in my life i guess the martial arts and stuff you know not really wanting to fight but i know um like i've read plenty of stories of people who practice uh occult arts that do have you know happen to do curses and hexes and things like that and then some of them don't even if you yeah. look at like the bible right like just the, the bible that all of us know there is uh, several examples of people being people and things and places being like cursed and hexed, which is kind of interesting when, when you think about it, right? You know, Jesus yes. cursed Jesus. What was it? The, he he cursed a like a fig tree or something. <laughs> I mean, when I was a kid, I was like, "What did that fig tree do to him?" <laughs> it's a fig tree, for God's sake, you know. And, and um, I think one of my favorites, which I, it's, I have a demented sense of humor sometimes. Um, what was it? It's, I'm blanking out right now. It's uh, Elisha, I think it is. Not Elijah, Elisha. He was like walking, I guess he was bald, right? And some teenagers were making fun of him and trolling him for being bald. Ha ha, you're bald. And then he like cursed him and, and like this, these bears came out of nowhere and like like tore them apart. You know, you ever read that story? <laughs> oh, yeah, like, that's a classic. Like yeah. <laughs> It just sounds like a straight up like horror film, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> just, like in a, a humorous way, like a comedy horror movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. I actually found that kind of humorous. And it sounds like, man, they, they made fun of this dude for being bald. And then like right. bears just tore them a new ass and <laughs> they're gone. And that was it. It just went on their merry way. And so the brain is kind of like. That was the uh, fuzzy wuzzy <laughs> prophecy. Yeah, something like that, you know. 
I know, but like, and I know, like Rebecca, like uh, you, you know, you're you have a Buddhist background. I, I, you know, I've I've studied. Zen you heard me laughing in my mind about this. We had a moment. You heard me, didn't you? Huh? I heard everything. You heard it. I was thinking, yeah, like it's up to me to save all the assholes of of all existence. You know, it's not. It's a tall order. You know, and sometimes I wonder, my God, damn it, how long have I actually been doing this? You know what I mean? And forgetting myself because there's a whole like a forgetting that happens. And even with the forgetting, I remember lots of lives. So many lives that I know that other people don't remember but i still forget shit like i forgot my vows and i forgot who i was and then it comes back to meditation i'm like oh yeah yeah that's a very common so thing i'm gonna and be here because people are starting wars with each other forever yeah. <laughs> and, then like a book and then i'm, I'm gonna hurt them and then they're gonna hurt them and even the good guys are hurting people back right that's how sad yeah. it is even the yeah guys, even the good guys are hurting the bad guys back how hard I mean, it's going to be to get everybody when even the good guys are hurting the bad people back. Right. But that's one of the cool things about like those kinds of paths, I think, or like, um, you know, for an, for a person to be like a bodhisattva, you know, it's like someone had to help them get that, get to that level. Yeah. You know? So even, did. so even Mark, in like Western, me. what was that? Buddha personally uh, helped me. Oh yeah. I mean, there's a saying, um, there was a Lama that I heard once, and I can't think of his Lama's name because it was so long ago, but he said that uh, there was never a being or like any kind of being, animal, human, whatever, that was not helped by the Buddha. So when I think about, um, even in like the Western ceremonial magic tradition and hermetics, there there is this idea of becoming sort of like an angelic type of being and helping others, you know, helping others kind of, instead of getting off with the wheel of samsara, they say Ouroboros, the snake with its tail in its mouth, you know, that kind of infinity sort of thing. But it just it just kind of depends because everyone's on a different sort of paradigm, I guess. Like right now, um, I think, Hunter, I think you and I have kind of talked, we, I think we've chatted about this before, like um, the paradigm that's currently going on in the world right now is, is very um, like using some Ayurvedic, uh, Hindu, Indian terms, rajasic, it's very passionate. There's a lot and of- I love those groups. terms too. I love them. I'm about, I like the Hindu style too, because it compartmentalizes all everything very nicely, I think. Yeah, it just kind of, it just kind of makes, uh, I mean, there may be some listeners that don't know those terms, but what I mean when I say Rajasic, it just simply just means like uh, the um, quality of heat and passion on this planet, you know? So we have a lot of polarization happening right now. So there's many different groups of you know, human individuals that are just kind of going at it and whatnot, you know, as you all know, it's not news. <laughs> According to uh, Paramahansa Yogananda and Kriyananda, this world itself is Rajasic. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, according to most Hindus, we're still in Kali Yuga, but Paramahansa Yogananda and his masters would talk about how there's actually smaller ages within these ages. And according to them, we're in Dwapara Yuga, which is actually an ascending age, but we're still dealing with a lot of stuff to where like, it, it may seem worse than it is just because we're dealing with all the stuff that should just been on the back burner. So um, we're, we're getting, we're getting out of like a nationalistic mindset and, and more like the negative side of the tribal mindset. And we're moving forward in a way that um, uh, that really hasn't happened in a long time. So I actually have a lot of hope for the the age that we're in right now, even if it's just a mini age or maybe like 2,400 years, but I actually have a lot of hope right now for the age that we're in. So would you say that the Dwapara Yuga, would that be kind of like equivalent of like uh, ascending into like the age of Aquarius that people would say in the 60s, things like that, like getting out of the Piscean age? Is that what that is, you would say? 
or to be completely honest i i'm not i don't know if i can compare it to that because i just don't know that side of things okay but i mean it de I'm definitely could be that um but i i i'm kind of like the kind of person that sits back and watches what everybody's doing and it does seem like you know i'm a student of history as well it does seem like we've been dealing you know in the 1900s we've been dealing with a lot of like getting over that nationalistic mindset the monarchical as well and then now we're going into understanding what it is to be human and moving forward together it's still a long road ahead a very long road ahead but uh we're we're moving that direction in my opinion yeah that's that's into thing so does anybody else agree with that like or like what is what is your worldview with uh i don't know the world is like some people have this worldview of that like we're kind of a bunch of animals just tearing each other apart you know and i would like to think we're a little bit different than that you know like humor maybe human animals i guess but it's I like well, <laughs> it's I, I think definitely very interesting with us and uh we're definitely uh, a reflection of ourselves in this um this paradigm and this um what people will call it as we're transitioning into this age of aquarius so um just seeing how you know everyone are in their environment and what they see what they interact with each other and what they you mostly see what they dislike like people argue about something all over the internet and this if they look within they realize that that's just a reflection that they don't like themselves so it's like you know for you know my personal experience when um i had taken shrooms like months ago for the first time um oh yeah it was like, shrooms. It, it was like a, a huge shadow work experience <laughs> where you know spirit was reminding me that you know what we what i dislike and so on it's just a, a shadow within myself that i must have accept and so uh, life is just a, a huge lesson of all of us like we're just fragments of like as you understand the source and we're just like just constantly just learning from each other and it's a cycle that's going to keep going you know the, the big circle that represents oneness and is very symbolic as you know a cycle that just keeps going you know as infinite i use the term source as well i don't like really the term god or something like that because i i also believe everything's part of the same thing ultimately so i do yeah. use the term source as well just for me <laughs> Interesting. Huh. Anybody have anything else to add on that? Like, I, I kind of like this this topic right now, though, about uh, the world and its current status. I have a little bit to add. So, like, when we were talking, he was talking about. I think it's the same thing that the hippies were singing about the age of Aquarius. And I think that yeah. that was almost like a precursor, if you will. I think it's about to pop off even bigger than the sixties. I don't think it's going to happen like this year or next year, but in a, like a couple of years, it's going to pop off big time. And you're going to have a lot of spiritual movements that were like the sixties, but probably bigger and better. And I think that people, there might be even a pushback from technology. There might be people that are like, let's not do that. Let's, let's like be together and do the spiritual movement. Um, I would like to see that. I know that people are awakening, even in my own circles. And so um, I think it's going to be bigger. I think that it's going to be really awesome. I Definitely. Can't. Like, um, I remember having a, a conversation with my brother that I'm more close with. Um, and he said that, you know, he always had like his spiritual awakening like years ago. And it's like, that made me realize that, you know, it could be like any random person you see out there in the street and you wouldn't even realize that they already like, understanding things that you understand you know they may not see like it or throwing it out there like you would and it's like it, it made me like very surprised so i was like you know very impressed that he told me that and i was like wow what should i do this years ago nice hey uh damien uh, you, you said you had something to add earlier about this uh world i don't want to say world crisis world condition <laughs> world can not world crisis world world condition right what was your take yeah. on that 
Um, well, I have several different points because everyone here brought up great points. And I just want to remind everyone I'm coming from the different end. From, um, I started with New Age, went through chaos magic. But this sounds a lot like uh, what Peter J. Carroll spoke about in his book, Library and Psychonaut, the fifth Aeon. Oh, yeah. And a lot of going back to the ways of the primordial shaman and becoming more practical in the sense where, hey, if it works for you, it is what it is. And I just think that that's important or the way I look at it is Hunter spoke about source me um one of the last awakenings or I'm kind of tired of that toward revelations I had was that I think humanity is in a certain sense chaos having this human experience and I don't mean that in the destructive way I mean that in the sense of all individuals and even you know chaos magician or any kind of magician they'll get into it for different reasons they'll believe the same thing for different reasons and um well, I'm not being to astrology, I find that interesting because I'm also an Aquarius, and I find that there's a certain, I guess you could say, I don't necessarily mean energetic energy, but a certain correspondence between the eccentric behavior of an Aquarius. They're all different. They all march to their own beat in the way a chaos magician go about things. So I think that one of the things that's going to happen is we all have the opportunity to basically stop looking at things as right, wrong, absolute or not absolute. For me as a chaos magician, if nothing is true, as all, all things are permitted. Or same thing with left-hand path. Um, for me, it's very, I think we spoke about this in our last convo, if that thing is Jesus Christ, you know, that works for you, but it's going to be more of a sharing and a coming together. Like, hey, what if you're doing... Um, lesser banishing ritual and then do a prayer or something along those lines and people are going to be mixing and matching from everything and everyone's going to kind of be their own individual practicing magician and spirituality is going to go back to an expression of who you are instead of chasing dogma or ideals around I, I love that um, that line from Assassin's Creed um, everything and nothing is true everything is permitted or everything is permitted, nothing is true. One of those uh, combinations. Did you get Did you get that from uh, somewhere else, or was that Did that stick out to you in that in those games? Like it stuck out to me. That's Libernal, I believe. Yeah, that's yeah. Libernal and Psychonaut. I never uh, played okay. Assassin's Creed, but I would yeah. not be surprised if there was magic or chaos magic involved. You check out the right Elder Scrolls game; they got the eight pointed star hanging around in the Mage's Guild, and it's like. What the hell's going on here? This is kind of yeah. Nice. yeah. yeah. From, what I from, from what I understand, uh, some of the developers at um, Eidos, I think the company that made Assassin's Creed, they researched um, a lot of mysticism before they made those games. So uh, every I've only played a few of those like over the years, but uh, some of the installments they would say like in the beginning they put this like this caveat like we do not represent this side this side we you know and then they researched a lot. So yeah, so they took that from Libra Null. Absolutely. Excellent. I know yeah. that. That's all. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Which is perfect because, um, you know, pop culture and, well, yeah. I think, Damien, you say modern mythos magic. I'm getting used to saying that instead of pop culture. <laughs> I mean, call it what you will. I just, if I were a modern mythos spirit, it, I think it's the way we use pop culture. It's like a, the meaning term, you know? Yeah. I just don't want people to think think I'm talking about like, you know, invoking Justin Bieber or something. Or no disrespect to him. <laughs> my I, my musical taste is coming out. You know, like I'm. I really want to hear Giovanni's band because, like, I love progressive metal a lot, man. I mean, that's 
I'm a musician too. And I want to put a band together like that at some point, but awesome. fucking love that music, man. I'm actually, uh, I'm actually solo. I used to be in a band, but then I, I kept searching to be in a band and create one, but I just wasn't having luck with that. So then I was like, okay, I think this is a sign that I should just be solo. And I went for it and I'm, I'm very proud. <laughs> nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah. On a slightly different subject, um, about myself here like i had this idea that i was joking around with some uh, a, a really good musician friend of mine that lives in Asheville, where i used to live and i was telling him that i want to make a band uh, a progressive metal band and call it arborea and i don't know if anybody even knows what that is it comes from a movie called beyond the black rainbow and it's about this doctor in the early 80s that wanted to create like an enlightened society so uh like natural medicine and all kinds of meditations and stuff and um he gives one of his closest companions in the film some kind of lsd in the movie <laughs> and the guy kind of went like a little bit crazy from it you know it's a really great film if you ever get a chance to watch it but like uh it was called the um yeah beyond the black rainbow but the doctor's name was dr arborea from the arborea institute so i wanted to make like a triangle symbol like the movie and and name my band Arborea <laughs> and anybody lucky enough to get the reference of you know hey why not I got it. That, that's a great movie I almost I was like what is he talking about I've heard that before and I was like oh yeah that trippy you seen movie. it yes that's crazy that movie's yeah. crazy but in the best possible way yeah it's, it's fantastic I, I absolutely love that it's film. Amazing. Yeah. not for everybody rare films yeah yeah definitely not for everybody but it, it um I wouldn't say it's like we just say there's like a cult references in there I mean I think there's yeah. a little bit there's some yes, in there. But in, in a surreal kind of way. Like yeah. a Salvador Dali kind of a cool way. Yeah, know? very it's surreal. Like, it's very... hidden in there. You, you, yeah, but it's, it's, it's ringing bells, you know? It's it's a mind tickler for sure. Yeah, def yeah, there's definitely some stuff in there, I guess, like that. You know, the whole, like, consciousness and... Um, yeah, anyway, I don't know. <laughs> it's just kind of... The whole threat of the other, too, which I think most consciousness... That's the, I think that's the main battle almost, <laughs> you know, as far as I'm concerned. And I'm still going through it. Doesn't matter how awake you are, you know, if you still see another, you're still not awake fully. Yeah, the other, yeah, the whole, the whole concept of other is kind of an interesting one because um, I get kind of, uh, if you get a chance, check out Hunter Salazar's video on Shiva. <laughs> Mm -hmm. no we did yesterday, yeah. No, we did. I, I'm in the video, yeah, we, yeah we, we both did the video collab and, um, there is something that I, I mentioned in the video about Shiva being the supreme self, but at the same time, the cosmos, you know, so there's like this, so like, like certain times in my life, I kind of feel like I'm oscillating between being Roderick and the universe. But most of the time, I don't feel like I'm everything. I feel like there, I'm just this avatar walking around you know with victories and defeats at the same time kind of going through this whole game and it's, it's well i mean yeah i've got a lot to learn but doesn't most doesn't most occultism or spirituality basically boil down to the point which is like bro i don't know how to say this but you're kind of not real <laughs> <laughs> to a certain degree but who am i talking to right it's 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 a, a dream you know what one of my favorite quotes that approaches this is from a movie called waking life and he said I love what uh, you life. say a dream is as real as long as it lasts. <laughs> That's a brilliant. Real as long as it lasts. So right now, you know, if you're if you're talking to somebody right now, man, it's real for you, right? But it might not ultimately be. 
and you might be kind of like when you when you know when you lucid dream and you're like oh i'm in a dream but you're still in it that's where i'm yeah. at right now right it's like um there's a quote that um stuck with me for years like i was watching an episode of Cowboy Bebop. I don't know if you guys heard of anime. Oh, I, just, I, I love gonna, Cowboy Bebop. I was just going to bring up Cowboy Bebop. There's <laughs> one. Is, is yeah. Spike dead the entire time? Has anyone ever heard that one? Um, There was this quote at the end of the episode, and it said, life is nothing but a dream. But I didn't know. I didn't see who said the quote, but that stuck with me. And, and I was like, you know, that's kind of true, because whatever I feel, so great high vibration. And, and you get to, to wake up from a dream and you, you have like a really good dream you feel so good and then it's like you just feel so peaceful with life and it's like I, I felt like I resonated with that whole at the scene that uh I would say that whole show is pretty much about purification and karma and awakening yeah you, you know it when I saw it I wondered if he was dead the entire time because it does have that kind of vibe you know yeah like he, he's so chill and it's like like that's a good way of saying it like i never thought of it that way but i was watching it again and just seeing it especially the, the live movie or is a live series i've been making and it's, it's it's amazing i feel like a lot of people need to watch it well the i heard the theory is is that a lot of times our unconscious recognizes these things in a show like cowboy bebop or you can find spiritual metaphor in star wars is that it's drawn yeah. to it because whether or not we realize it <laughs> the spiritual or cult metaphors are there in yep. some form or another. So I, I started to notice the spiritual metaphors in Star Wars like four years ago. And I was like, oh, now I'm starting to get into it. Yeah. Yeah, Star Wars definitely has um, a lot of overt, uh, well, maybe to us now, overt spiritual, you know, the force. I mean, that's, I mean, there's basically the Tao, you know, <laughs> or something or yeah. you know, the source It's like, yeah um and, and but there are some like uh movies that have it in there but they're a lot more hidden like uh, has anybody seen old boy korean film at all oh yeah that's a good one <laughs> yeah really really great <laughs> yeah yeah rebecca has fantastic taste in films you know I like you. <laughs> if you have not known that she's got great taste in movies but um you know that scene in old boy where it's kind of like a sort of like a montage of that really intense um music and it has the guy doing that yoga pose you know he's like i don't remember the yoga pose scene is yeah, that when the, it was the climax of the um it's it's kind of like near the it's, I it's, give it away. I, i'm getting like goosebumps thinking about that for some reason because it's a pretty wild scene like it just he's ha it's it's kind of like when um odasu the main character is like mm -hmm. he's he's, he's kind of getting what's going on he's getting that he's sorry okay, yes I sorry listeners i'm giving a spoiler away uh, he's basically <laughs> He's basically uh, like discovering that he's been had a little bit, right? And then um, you see the the antagonist like on his desk in his office, what is like, he's doing that like locust pose and his legs are kind of raising up a little bit and like kind of like in slow motion. I was watching that um, and I was like, he's doing that because, you know, when you do like asanas and hold asanas with, with like int intensity like that, you can actually, I don't want to say you can go, you can become numb but you can kind of be like out of your body in a sense and just become that oh, pure completely. kind of, so he was like, I disappeared completely. Yeah. So, so I think that even though he's that guy, is, he did some really fucked up things in that movie, like him doing that yoga helped him like deal with that basically. 
You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So like, I, I was like, oh man, I've seen this movie like a thousand times. And I get why they had that in the movie. <laughs> you know, he's doing that because he's basically not purifying himself, but he's that that's how he handles doing really terrible things. He's using it. He's using it. Yeah. He's using and, that, and that's what's interesting. Even the quote unquote bad guys and bad entities in quotes are using the same force. Like it should give people a clue that you're sharing blood with this person. You know what I mean? Like this person that you, that, that is, is doing you harm or other people harm in my mind are suffering so bad. You have nothing but empathy for me. Even if you kill me, I'm getting to that level of awareness. That's, an, that's another page though. You know, I, again, I've been here for a long time, so I, I'm here to like help that those people, because then I feel like all livings will be able to get helped if there's enough of my kind of people that are like I, everyone's on my team, even if you stab me and torture me to death, I'll so, come back for you. So I have a I have a question like it's on this topic. So like um, this is something that's been coming up a lot in my own personal world as we're talking about like ethics, you know, not just in, in magic, but just in spirituality or whatever in general. You know, like uh, anybody from anybody here played D and D before or have in the past? Oh yeah, lots of D and D. Lots of D and D. Okay, good. I'm glad because you'll totally get it. So, like, you know how in D and D you have these different alignments, right? I think it's like, is it six or nine? Nine, six alignments. I don't remember now. I believe it's a nine square nine, with two neutral nine. in the middle. It's nine. Yeah, three, three good, three neutral, three evil. Yeah, you're right. So, like, where would it, where would everybody here be in that? <laughs> that nice that's squirrel. an illusion for one that's an illusion <laughs> just kidding that's what we're trying to to uh to that's what i'm trying to liberate people from see all of that is just it's just a dice rolling i mean it's it's like it's one of those things where um like like giovanni do, do you can consider yourself a left-hand path practitioner pretty yes. much yeah okay so and some people would say that that's like the dark meaning like that's negative i don't see it necessarily as negative um, I'm I kind of consider myself more like gray you know like I'm kind of yeah. sometimes I'm this and sometimes I'm <laughs> that but exactly but overall like I mean I don't have any ill intent towards anybody else but like right. you know there, there's 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 a usefulness this is just speaking of myself personally there's there's usefulness in like the the yin I call it the dark goddess aspect you know um and then there's there's very there's usefulness in this other aspect of the sun, you know, sun and the moon being positive and negative, you know. That that's just my really rudimentary explanation. But like uh how would I don't know, does anybody kind of think yeah, about the D D thing a little bit sometimes? Yeah, I can I I listen to a D D podcast and I know all the rules, but like mm -hmm. I've never played because my friends like want to play that. But I will say I would be chaotic good um okay. i think that uh we can say lawful evil would be somebody like darth vader um lawful good would be somebody that you know is a good person and then the laws are good as well um chaotic evil would probably be i i don't know like uh, very hard Jeff to find chaotic evil i think huh i think it's very i think it would be difficult to find a chaotic evil person necessarily yeah. like i mean it would have to be a person he's that's got one on his nailed to his board <laughs> that's right yeah <laughs> yeah oh yeah well because i'm thinking joker like archetype right the joker archetype would be chaotic evil in a sense or would you not the joker uh, i wouldn't i wouldn't put the joker as a chaotic i would put the joker as maybe like um because uh well i mean i guess it depends on which version of the joker like the move that the joaquin phoenix joker yeah. I, I i wouldn't see him as i didn't even think he was a bad guy to be honest i thought like this guy he's got yeah. 
he's gotten fucked over by everybody. So of course he's going to be <laughs> that kind of person. I was on his side the whole movie, you know, just like. <laughs> the more I started to understand his ideology, the more I became on his side too. Yeah, I was I, I was seeing him as more of like a maybe maybe chaotic neutral, I guess, kind of. Yeah, like anti-hero. Yeah, like if he if if you sat down with uh, Arthur, that character Arthur, let's just say post Joker, post riots at the end of the film. Sorry, audience, for another spoiler. Watch the movie; it's a great movie. Don't miss out on it. But like, if you were to ever you like uh, in real like, I don't want to say real life, but going into the world of Gotham and talking to Arthur post he's already Joker and just and actually giving him love and attention and what he needed the resources that he needed, you know, to, to live a good uh, and healthy life, he wouldn't do fucked up things. You know, I, I think See, most people- I don't would argue that. that for all beings, and I'm counting on that. Pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> I know uh, Darth Vader came up, and uh, I think that's a metaphor there. I'm not saying I'm right, but um, one thing I would say is that it's very questionable if somebody like Darth Vader was absolutely evil, because if you watch Return of the Jedi, in a certain sense, he does fulfill his prophecy long-term. And he does destroy the Sith Lord. And in a certain sense, balance the Force, right? Yes. Now, I don't know Buddhism or Taoism very well, so forgive me if I'm wrong, but just from what I've heard from teachers and mentors, I've heard there, there could be parables there or just philosophical ones, such as how we work with prophecies. Um, I would say the good Jedi have what's called the angelic ego, which maybe this is bias, but... When you work with a lot of new age practitioners, they have it. And it goes something like, oh, we're the good Jedi, so nothing bad should happen. And it's kind of like, well, dude, if you think about this, his job is to balance the force. So when he goes evil, quote unquote, there's all these good Jedi. And it's like, guys, balance means just that. And there's also the ideas of repressing things some people have said that there's the elements of um the buddha because he was tempted to be hid from that uh that that's why he goes that way but there also is a lot of the trickster too if you go back as shitty as the uh, prequels were and reasons why he <laughs> you know awesome. yeah that's kind of the same path as the recent joker movie where he's you know the bad guy quote unquote but when you look at all the fucked up shit that's happened to him in his life it's like well no wonder he was he had this happen he had that happen it kind of drove him to that as you find out later in the awesome jar jar versions the great prequels be a sith lord yeah jar jar binks was originally supposed to be a sith lord but george luke he had enough so much hatred that george luke was like i'll change it um because in Yikes. the prequels he's like speaking and while other people are speaking you're like and he's got yellow eyes anyway um i i got two things so with the arthur thing um with arthur and the new joker the family tree has realized something that it did not realize in this other movie that i'm going to mention which is falling down um falling down if you've ever seen that movie i think it's in the early 90s or it's 80s. a great film yeah yep and and <laughs> with that the producers of that film they didn't expect to get a certain response from the audience, but the audience actually responded in a way where like, they were like, yeah, on this guy's side. And then, and then the people that produced us like, Oh, we had no idea this was like going to happen. And then the, the movie industry has definitely realized this, but that by the time of Arthur, and it's become more complex at this point, for sure. Yeah. People now yeah, love falling down is like everybody's, everybody's bad mood fantasy 
you know, when you're having a bad day and you just want to go off. <laughs> so very relatable, the falling down. Sure. Hey guys, uh, hold on one moment, okay? Just one, one moment here. Um, okay. Um, yeah, falling down is a fantastic movie. You know, leave, leave it, leave it to Matt and I, the two uh, wise elders of the group here, to remember that film <laughs> when it was released. You know, <laughs> but. Right. But, um, it, you know, it's funny because like when it when it came out back then, I didn't really think much of it. I didn't see it till I honestly didn't see falling down until maybe 10 years ago. And I was like, I'm surprised these kind of incidents don't happen every day in society. <laughs> like I was I'm really shocked that they don't happen all the time, you know, because um, I was talking to someone else recently and uh, my girlfriend and I were having this conversation and we both came to this agreement that like modern society is not natural for human beings. It's just, it, we're not made to see strangers every single day. I, and I'm not a sociologist, you know, not at all. That's not my, my major, my major's art, <laughs> you know? So, but um, if you read books like the, there's one called Tribe that's out right now that I haven't started reading yet, but I'm, it's on order. Um, it's all about how during the Spanish Native American War, uh, some people were taken to Native American villages. And then when certain um, skirmishes were, were done, they were, they were escorted back, but they wanted to go back and live with the natives. They wanted to go back and live with the indigenous people. They didn't want to go back to like the communities of Americans because, you know, it was just like a different kind of consciousness that they weren't, they didn't want to get used to like this metropolis thing that we're living right now is just not con conducive for, I mean, I guess it's conducive like for saving, liberating other beings, right? But <laughs> in a sense, but as far as like living a like living a harmonious life with the forces around us, it's very difficult, very challenging. You know, it's just, it's a phase of humanity that we're currently in, is the way I see it. But we're not wired to to see people shaking their butts on TikTok all day right. and, and get depressed from it and want to kill themselves because of they're not good enough or pretty enough. And it's just not natural. So this is not, we're not really supposed to live like that. I think that's my right. opinion of it. Exactly. I feel, I feel that very strongly as a parent. Um, when you look at the way we used to do things where like it takes a village and, and the mm -hmm. whole village would raise up the children. Um, and a lot of people have like no support system now and they're just on their own with their kids and they get burnt out really, really fast. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of technology is what you make of it too. Like, look at how we're using it. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I know this sounds blunt and negative, but I think if you look through history or anything, and you know, spiritual sectors fight, religion sectors fight. What it comes down to is the average person's pretty goddamn fucking stupid. <laughs> and I'm sorry if that's yes. blunt, but it's like you can use TikTok for a beautiful thing, right? And it's it the problem can is you? TikTok. <laughs> I guess you can. Just as a euphemism, a TikTok, TikTok, YouTube, but like we have YouTubes, right? And podcasts. What do most people go? They look at, you know dumb things they look at people you know flop off their skateboard run into a wall and that's what people want to do you know please explain why you believe most people are dumb i kind of want to know the, your reasoning for buying this this is this entertaining is, this this is going to sound very <laughs> conceited but i just don't know how else to say it 
it just seems pretty <laughs> self-evident to me. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, just like, <laughs> just look at the, the state of uh, affairs the world is in. <laughs> You're saying the thing that I'd want to say, but I tend to not because I don't want to. <laughs> but yeah, I, mean, I, I kind of agree with you, me personally. Um, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! That kind of what some aspects of the Joker are like, and I haven't even seen that movie. Yeah. But well, like when it comes to, I think the question comes down to what is pure evil? Because if evil evil is conditioned, so like if somebody was influenced in a certain way, like Arthur was, into being the person that he is, um, or if somebody's born with psychosis or as a psychopath or sociopath, and then they do things, um, that's a medical condition. It or it's a psychological condition in Arthur's case. Um, so. But like this is this is one of the things that I address in one of my videos recently is like what is pure evil? Because if you have influences, whether it be physically uh, or or uh, your environment, um, can we really call something pure evil? Even you know Satan himself, like there was a condition that 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 became he because he was tossed down. Um, so I wouldn't even necessarily call Satan pure evil. I think for me even though this is really hard, like I think pure evil is where you don't have, this is almost impossible by the way, where you don't have any conditional factors and you don't have any mental factors that play into it. You, and you know what is, you know, quote unquote rights. And by your, even your own understanding of morals, you know what is right and what you shouldn't do. Not, not, not talking about society. Um, then if you do some, some very terrible things, I think that is pure evil. But these are very rare instances where people do not have conditional factors where they where they do not aren't born with uh, you know um, they're not born psychopath or something like that they have an internal moral compass but they choose to work against it I think and there's not a lot of people like that I mean I I would love to hear people's ideas on that because um, I've always I've always tried to figure out what is pure evil what is pure good does it make any sense is there a way to make sense of this um, and I try to do it in a vacuum and I don't try to basically use any one source or any like you know my beliefs or anything like that but are there any ideas of what pure evil is uh, i'd say it's a matter of perspective i'm not bragging but i was really more into philosophy than i was the uh, spirituality thing i was being into yeah. ethics but um just for example you brought up sociopaths right mm. and um television or move these movies can be positive and negative functions at the same time for example one of the dark sides is is that you have these shows that make it seem like all sociopaths are like the joker or some terrorist in a you know a movie but depending on the definition i guess of what a sociopath is you have to realize that there are people in this world like being a soldier you may need to have some of those tendencies for a little while i'm not saying they are or they aren't um politicians world leaders love them or hate them um have to make very tough decisions sometimes where it's like no matter what certain groups of people are going to have to get screwed here so it's what's the greater good it, 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 there's a certain degree of emotional detachment there because i've also looked into a psychology neurodivergency but um society does it bad that way but there's also characters like batman or i've always loved the uh the james bond stories you could also say those are in certain sense, sociopaths. You know, they're just very detached, different people. Sherlock Holmes is a great example. I know that's a big one. So there's that to take into account too. Now, good and good and evil is really a matter of perspective. I know that 
traditionally, not saying the people here, but they're all, oh, religion is evil, right? Well, some of the nicest people I know are religious, you know? So it's, for me, it's always what you do with it. There's the belief that Luciferians are nasty, evil people and the ones, and yes, there's people that go about it wrong, but um, a lot of the ones I've met are really nice, understanding people on the left-hand path. And it's like, hey, it's about your way. So does the Buddhist thing make more sense where you basically meet like either you're living a skillful existence or an unskillful one? Maybe the Buddhist definition in a way is a little bit better in understanding this this duality that we've been trying to make work. Because right when he was talking about evil, and it's kind of interesting from a Buddhist perspective, it it would be uh they they're ignorant. So even the most horribly like a person that doesn't have that issue like you were saying you were giving those factors like he does they don't have those issues of um having a defective mind or whatever they're just driven to kill people well they don't know those people are themselves because who would torture and murder something that was a part of themselves nobody you know it's interesting so it's an awareness that you ask for us. it's an awareness issue for us so if you turn the the knob with meditation so high there's no question when some, and even if somebody, if one of my brother and sister comes up to you and tries to kill me, I'm like, oh, you dumb fuck, you're just killing yourself, but okay, go ahead. We'll repeat this until it's necessary, until we transcend. And I'm waiting for, I'm waiting a long time. Yeah. <laughs> but Sorry, I don't I know what to say without sounding like weird, but that's how I think. There for a second, but I've, all the ethics and Buddhism that has been coming up, I've been wondering if that idea of interconnectedness um, cuts both ways ever, because on the one hand, it's like, uh, do no harm to others because you know we're all one we're all connected but couldn't you also look at that as if if we're all one and you're a part of me I have every right to do whatever or if this is an aspect of myself that I don't like and I want to destroy it isn't that really close to shadow work well yeah uh, I a lot was of kind of thinking that, that right too. like and um also if we're equal what gives you the right to control my body because I'm equal too see so it's not like do whatever you want with me because you're me. No, it right. doesn't quite work like that because we're equal, right? And since I'm in this body, I experience the pain sensations and the issues more. So I have a right to protect this body. And I would hope you would too, if someone's trying to hurt you, because you deserve to feel good and love just like me on an equal level. See, that's how it works. But on the other hand, if I can't defend myself and you're murdering me, I swear to God on my life, I had this dream where someone stabbed me and I was bleeding out. I kid you not, it might even be a future vision. And I was bleeding out and I reach up with my trembling hand saying, it's okay, I forgive you. And I beamed so much light, this guy was crying. And I was fading into the most glorious light you ever felt in your life. And it was like, I realized in that moment, like we were all one. And, I, and when I woke up, I was so pissed. I can't even tell you. I was like, oh no, back in the dream. <laughs> yeah Sorry, buddhism, <laughs> buddhism has uh no that, that thanks for sharing that um buddhism has because i i've studied uh buddhism for a, a long time as well uh chen buddhism and from china you know and uh Taoism. and what, what i've what i've come to understand out of both of those philosophies is that in um buddhism is a little bit more for the most part uh pacifist compared it's not a pacifist religion in, in total but um, Buddhism will see everything as interconnectedness, but also to kind of go with uh, with Matt's point as well, the, the fact that uh, codependent arising, 
So when somebody does evil, there's always a reason attached to it. There's always another entity or energy attached to that. So it kind of plays between within, within those two kind of kinds of things. And with Taoism, everybody and everything is a manifestation of, of Tao, you know, um, and Taoism handles evil or the concept of evil a little bit different. And it also depends on the school of Taoism as the school of Buddhism. They can all differ as well. You know, like you have Shaolin monks who will fuck you up if you like try and mug them or something. Right. Right. Yeah. And then like Taoism, um, you know, they're not, I've never heard of a Taoist school that was pacifist. Like they will hunt animals if they're out in the forest or something, if they're hungry. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> like no, 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 all Buddhists are passive. Like I'm That's a true, Tibetan, true. The Tibetan Buddhists are actually magical Buddhists. And like I said, I am a Buddhist witch. So I have all sorts of protections up on my house and, and around me and all my loved ones and things like that, because you want to ensure certain patterns for what's in your reality, right? But on a bigger yeah. scale, I know the game. That's that's how I see it. <laughs> yeah, and to, and uh, going go, like go, and going back to like the left-hand path thing, what's interesting about um, Tibetan Buddhism, has anybody ever read Magic and Mystery of Tibet or Magic and Mystery in Tibet with Alexandria David Neal? You should read it. I've read it like maybe seven times in my life and absolutely love the book. So anyway, Alexandria David Neal was the first um, female Westerner to cross the border into Tibet in like the 1800s, you know, and it's a very mystical book. It's based, it's based on her diary, but she describes all kinds of very left-hand path things like necromancy, uh, cannibalism, like all sorts of crazy things because Tibetan, you know, the Tibetan culture comes from the, uh, the Bon, bon. Yeah. bon tradition. That's why they're my tribe. I like those people. And yeah, I was yeah. a Tibetan Buddhist. I was a Tibetan Buddhist in hella lives. That's why I already know their rituals. I started doing them subconsciously. I turned on the YouTubes because they have them on YouTube. They're doing the same shit I was doing in my dreams. So yeah, I was a monk. And I walled myself in one of those caves. Have you, I so, to where I am. My corpse is in there. So uh, have you heard, have you, have, have, I am. <laughs> have you heard I of the, uh, Chud, uh, I think it's called Chud Ritual. Are you, are you familiar with that one? It's not a very well-known one. You'd have uh, to tell me what it, what, what it entails. What it is? Okay, so, like... so you guys might like this. <laughs> Let me introduce you to Chud Rituals uh, as someone who's not initiated into it. So basically to do, to perform a Chud Ritual, the idea is it's a, it is a very dangerous left-hand path Buddhist ritual that uh, can expedite a person into enlightenment into self-realization and the way it's performed is you go out at night in the full moon in the himalayas somewhere in the mountains so picture a very cold mountainous region and you know you're only wearing like a robe and then the master because there's it's always student and teacher he will tie you to a tree in the middle of the night and now i'm talking about in the forest where there's like wild animals so picture hundreds of years ago before people wiped out wolves and whatnot. It was like wolves and tigers going through there. You're tied to a tree. And then the Rinpoche, you know, the initiator will pull out a horn called a Kongling, which is made out of a human femur bone. Mm -hmm. they, they'll blow the horn. And then all these demonic entities will attach themselves to the person tied to the tree and start eating off of them. And you're just getting all your energy and astral energy sucked away from your body and and they say that if you don't, it's a very advanced ritual. And if you don't complete, if you don't make it through the ritual, you can actually 
have a lot of mental instabilities afterwards. Hello, <laughs> yeah. <and> stuff, you <laughs> know. Yeah, right no, back, kidding. no kidding. And that goes for dark magic too sometimes. I've had a few lives where, again, I used to be a power hungry person. Like I wasn't this way always. That's why I've been here so long. Um, you know, I, I had a lot of power hungry past lives where, yeah, I, I, I still unstable from it, to be honest, to a certain degree. <laughs> yeah, power, power hunger, power hunger. You is, you, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, like, what is your, anybody's opinion on that, on that, that, that should ritual, if you've never heard of it, it's kind of a fascinating type of ritual, which uh, is still being performed. I thought it was interesting in all the parallels you see with that because uh, a lot of times after like a near-death experience, people will have a come to Jesus moment or you will trip on mushrooms and have an ego death and then you'll feel more enlightened afterwards. So it kind of plays into that where you're experiencing this horrible, horrible thing and it pushes you up absolutely hell connects to heaven and if you look into magic persephone is a is a, a symbolism of that right so she goes into hell but she also comes out into the springtime right beltane and Samhain are actually interconnected there's a portal between the two that's why they're both the thinnest of the veils at those times but they're connected a lot of people don't know that you, it wraps around it's cyclical nature and everything including heaven and hell, which is interesting. And as above, so below, and in our psyche as above. Uh, and when you start going into those loop-de-loo things, then you're like, wait, I'm out of it in a sense. And what does that even mean, heaven and hell, if you can go back and forth like that, right? So, <laughs> There's so, a classic uh, that happens. On a slightly different, like, I want to come back to that Persephone thing for sure, because I have a question about that. But I wanted to ask uh, Giovanni something. Um, what is your what is your idea? Because you're, you're Luciferian, so like, what is your idea of uh, the infernal realms or the night side in your practice? Like, uh, like, because I know, like, on a left hand path, there there's there is an idea of diving into the dark, into the flames, where people are very afraid to go. So is so hell isn't really a here here I am using my um my polarization um, terminology. It's not really a bad realm or something. Yeah. Yeah, um, like what is very, it? Hmm? I find it very grounding. Um, you know, you're it's like you're working with the lower chakra, um, that lower energy, and you know, lower chakra. It's, it's so here's I'm gonna explain in a metaphoric way in the best way that I can for everyone to comprehend. Um, so say like the lower chakra is you work with that lower chakra energy, and it's more resonating with the three dimensional realm as demons are. That's why they manifest so fast and you get more like a physical interaction, like not like you see them physically, but like in some people cases, maybe some things in their home may physically move because they're more close to the physical realm in a way. And um, it's like opposed to like working with like angelic beings, that's more like towards the higher chakras and the higher realm. So I would say that's why, you know, a lot of people say when you work with Goethe demons, um, you know, things manifest a lot quicker into um, this uh, three-dimensional realm. Um, but like I said, it's very grounding. Uh, it's like I feel right at home. Like I work, I haven't gone to working with uh, lighter beings and demons, but um, it feels right at home working with demons. And um, what's the best way to put it is, you know, their wisdom is just, so inviting and they're just so open to teach you and because they make a sense and they know that you want to learn they know what's in your heart 
And so you know, they represent the subconscious mind because that's where a lot of the, the knowledge is, the darkness. Like um, the dark has like a lot of knowledge in there that's a lot of people may not see so much because they don't want to look into the dark because they're afraid because of, you know, the whole, for example, like the whole light worker thing, you know, they don't want to like jump to dark because they think it's evil or bad, but it's not. Like there's a lot of knowledge there that's hidden deeply. And it's kind of, you know, like I said, metaphoric, like subconscious is like, you know, dark energy and as opposed to the sun like the light as that's that knowledge is everywhere for everybody to see and so everyone you know could grab it but if you want to dig deep into yourself and learn how to you know transmute yourself as a, as a person you know transmuting your fears and you know facing them and your traumas and whatnot you're transforming and you become more powerful spiritually because you're healing yourself so you getting more deeper and having a more stronger connection to your higher self and such because you tap into the dark instead of, you know, only sticking with the light, which causes an unbalance. And then you just become kind of like a little destructive and whatnot and not balanced as you wish. So would you say that Lucifer is a, um, a light bear, like, like he's a light bearer because some people say he's like the Lord of darkness, like, uh, you know, he's like, I know, I know Lucifer is not Satan. And there is a counterpart where Lucifer is actually like a, like kind of like a Western, one of your videos, you said like, uh, he's like a, like a Western Shiva or Shiva. No, Shiva is like a Eastern Satan or Eastern Lucifer. One of your videos, I think yeah. something like that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. kind of like how set is like Satan and the Egyptian gods. Yeah. And so like, or Shiva is like, you know, their version of Satan mm-hmm. and, um, for the viewers, I'm using my fingers. <laughs> um, so I personally see um, like Yeshua as uh, Lucifer, Lucifer as representing ourself as a higher self, and I, I see Yeshua representing our higher self because I just like the it's like uh, full of metaphors. So you know that's why you know he acknowledged that we are God, and so um, and he even says that he is the morning star. So it makes a lot of sense and. It's like you're falling from heaven, you're falling from that fifth dimensional consciousness, you're falling to that fifth dimensional consciousness, becoming Satan, um, and the three-dimensional realm, which they would call hell. Like it's all like metaphoric. Okay, interesting. Yeah, because I know some people have different different um, you know, right. you know, it's you know, when we get into like the occult, it very vast, you know, opinions and beliefs and thoughts exactly. across every single realm. So I'm I'm always I love looking at things metaphorically a lot, like um, right. biblical things, uh, everything. So, and my my own understanding of Lucifer is just really his planet Venus from the background I have, but I, I'm learning a little bit. I've never read Michael W. Ford's work at all. I don't know if you have. I, I've just been going I, back. Yeah. Yeah, you have, have, you, yeah you've been yeah. reading it. I had Lucifer's crap, but I, I didn't finish the book. <laughs> okay. Okay, so so Lucifer to you uh, is a symbol of kind of go being like descending into the three dimensional realm. Is that is that did I get that did it's I get that right? More like uh, you're representing our higher self, you know, and you know okay. just you know having that relationship with our higher selves and you know being that light buried that 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 light metaphorically speaking as you know that love that knowledge that you share with everyone and to help them you know, grow spiritually, you know, those who want to wish, you know, instead of, you know, like forcing it, but. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, you know, there's always so much to learn with this though. So I have like, yeah, I'm gonna have to have you back too, because I, I want to do a Goetia episode. <laughs> so, That'd be great. Yeah.
uh anyway um anybody have anything to add with that with that's uh, like thing? the lucifer satan thing or yeah with, well 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 the lucifer satan thing or you know that that would be great we can kind of i like this kind of i mean <laughs> segue we've been going on so on the topic of metaphor um and my experiences are my own the first thing i'd assume is any work with lucifer in a certain sense would reflect the person's intention so if you see this thing as the root of all evil that's what will somehow manifest in your reality i'd assume right. he could appear that way just right. like if we all summon batman well there's so many fucking versions <laughs> now you know yeah. but um more more practically speaking or more interestingly um there's a lot to that when i st started trying some of the henry ford stuff and i'm still new into this so i'm not an expert it changed the way i looked at the bible where i almost saw yeshua is almost something like the superego and lucifer hmm. more comparable to the id there's also a whole idea that the demons are the unconscious mind and the angels represent the conscious mind so there's that and without going off on a tangent the other thing is i've been really getting really philosophical about what words mean that's always a big thing for me because they're arbitrary but um satan if i'm correct is a term for an adversary and people jump to conclusions on that being something evil and that exactly. comes down to what do you what does it mean to be an adversary to, to be a private entrepreneur to be a reggae healer to do anything like this in a certain sense you're taking the role of the adversary just in a sense you're going against the grain i'd say that you know um you right. know musicians are adversaries <laughs> yeah musicians <laughs> well musicians i'd all say musicians and artists are in okay. their own sense magicians but um i, don't I know. yeah i agree with that but Maybe i'm supposedly musicians ideology of of magician in a way yeah uh, yeah manifesting music well um my favorite writer is uh alan moore if anybody familiar with alan moore here i think a lot of oh, yeah. are <laughs> oh yeah and uh, you know alan moore just puts it in a very simple way is like art is magic it's just the most straightforward thing ever because you're you know you're manipulating the consciousness of the viewer when they observe your art and it actually changes your consciousness as well i know like uh damien and i had this we recorded talking about this as well and i think that's pretty accurate <laughs> it's been happening for a lot for yeah a long time. yeah we we talked about people being stupid generally earlier and <laughs> it's interesting that the big messages get delivered to society that they actually hear as a force of change are often delivered through art and music yeah absolutely um the media is a gigantic square of spell casting for sure for a lot of people you know, um, it's normally projecting fear frequencies into people as well. And then uh, it helps to kind of, at least that's the way I see it. I guess most, if not all of you would agree with that on some level. Um, and then that affects the culture, the cult, <laughs> basically. So we spend a lot of our earlier years trying to examine the cult and then leaving the cult. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, interesting. Man, that, that is so cool. We just talked a lot about um, like dark and light uh, entities, uh, good and evil, left mm -hmm. hand, right hand, etc. Um, it makes me think of a point Damien raised earlier where 
we were talking about evil and he said, well, that's just a matter of perspective. I'm like, ah, fellow paradigm shifter. But uh, I, I kind of play with the idea of entities being the same. Like, is it an angel? Is it a demon? Um, is it just, whether it's good or bad, just depend on the viewer and our perspective and where you're coming from? Yeah. So I don't think that they're necessarily, there's a lot of objective truth out there anywhere to be had. Well, there, like, even if you look at, like, even if you start researching demons, if you don't even do anything with them, there are, there's a broad spectrum of alignments with each entity, with each, with different demons. Like, if you look into the, the Goetia, so, so let's, let's use the example of the Goetia just for a moment. So, um, and my understanding is quite limited. I've never done any Goetic work. I've just, I've just been reading off and on some Goetia stuff because I'm very curious about it but um so king solomon is this great wise magician right he's very wise god says you're wise or he says what do you want i'll give you anything he says oh make me wise then he becomes a magician <laughs> and ends up uh using the powers of the divine or the source to encase these angels you know and what is it brass brass containers so um, in, in the work of Goetic Thurgy, they use the triangle, you know, the triangle has three sides to it. So the sigils and the, the writings are always, or the demons' names are always in these triangles. And some people don't like that. Some Goetic workers are like, no, give them, give them a circle. Would you like anybody putting you in a cage? But my understanding thus far about uh, demons is that they're not necessarily evil beings. They're just very feral. You know, so I look at it like uh, if you're doing some sort of practical magic with spirits, you know, spirits can be just as vast as we are, right? Like some people, we might say, oh, they're good. They're a saint. People used to call Mother Teresa a saint, right? And then they found out how <laughs> some of the things she did wasn't very saintly, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you don't need anesthesia. Jesus would not like that. Suffer your pain until your death. <laughs> you know, <Big> yikes. <laughs> none of us would do that. I, I don't think, you know, <laughs> yeah. we'd be well, like, take the drugs. <laughs> back to human ignorance. You, you listen to people talk that, that they operate under these illusions that there are humans in this world, like a mother Teresa that are perfect and never did anything wrong. <laughs> or this one was, was never that way, right? Yeah. I don't know. I know somebody that believes they channel Yeshua, and they're like, he was tough love, yo. He is not about what the Bible <laughs> says about him. <laughs> didn't, didn't he whip people in the Bible for that's, like for like selling shit though? Like that's, you know I mean? that's what um that's what they <laughs> that exactly was the, was the topic of that conversation with that person. So <laughs> um you know, I don't know, and I, I don't really know the Bible well. When people talk about Christ the Avenger, I've wondered, well, what the hell is that thing? <laughs> you know, I, I, I would symbolism. think it, yeah. symbolism. Mm -hmm. I've wondered if it's something like, you know, people say, oh, Jesus died for our sins, right? Mm -hmm. Now, people run around with that observation that almost, or as one of my teachers called them, the monkeys would do that. And it was like, oh, we could just do whatever we want now. But it's like, well, what if four meant because of sins like in scooby-doo i wouldn't have got away with that shit if it wasn't for you kids <laughs> okay if you didn't do this and intervene i would have been fine so 
I uh, I've wondered. I've I've heard that Christ the Avenger could be a parable of Lucifer and Christ being the same aspects of one another coming together. I don't really have an opinion there. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I kind of have a guilty pleasure. Like, I'll I will admit this. If anybody is friends with me on Facebook, I did post um, like one of my comic strips with the the Dark Worker. Did anybody see that one at all? I don't know. Like. Yeah, I, I mean, it was up for a little bit. I think I have it on on, on my um, Neptune Inc. page. But anyway, so I just did. I did this. I'll just explain it really fast. So I just drew like this goth girl and a woman saying like, you know, the woman was asking her, "Are you a light worker?" She says, "I'm a dark worker." And then the girl runs away, and then this like fiery like angelic spirits like you did her a favor, you know. And and that's kind of like what I I don't try to do that with people but i have uh, a lot of friends in the new age community because i live really close to a metaphysical store and i've known people very years for many years around here and um, like uh i was taking a walk with one of my friends like months ago and you know they were like ah nature is so precious and so beautiful everything is perfect you know mother nature is you know gaia so she's, she's so beautiful all the time and, and then I, I i mentioned how the night before I was watching one of those animal shows, you know, about yeah. the, about the wildebeest and then like lions came and killed the mother and father wildebeest. <laughs> and then the baby was like left out, you know, and like hyenas are walking up to it. And I'm like, yeah, nature has that side too. <laughs> Stop saying that. That's not nice. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Just a guilty pleasure of mine. Sometimes I kind of pick on my sense of humor, you know, I like horror films. What do you, what do you expect? <laughs> I, I think one of the problems is humanity forgot how to laugh at itself yeah i agree <laughs> everyone just uh so serious and i feel like it's because of social media and this everybody just they're more focused on social media instead of reality and being present with one another i think I yeah guess. i i uh just to give a quick uh i'm not trying to turn this about me but a quick testimony recently i've been acting up on facebook um unintentionally unintentionally may i add so there's like you know how these ads come up sometimes like products and whatnot or yeah. save save, yeah. save the earth like some ad came up for like save the european bees and i put um fyi the earth doesn't actually need humans you know i did like i did i think i put something like that on there and it got like a lot of likes but i pissed off a lot of people by yeah. writing that. like i had people going no what are you talking about earth was made for human beings i'm like it was <laughs> i mean i was just trying to like sometimes i'll say things just to make a point to get you to think to get someone to think right. like right. the earth the earth can function perfectly fine without human beings being here i'm not saying i'm a doomsday person or i want that to happen but if we were all wiped out in a solar flare you know like tomorrow and the earth the, the earth wasn't destroyed it was still here it would replenish right. itself very quickly you know and it would thrive without any of us being on the internet just fine it isn't it doesn't yeah. need human beings you know that was my point a lot of people yeah. just don't want to read behind read between the lines and understand deeper they would be uh superficial yeah and and there's also this sort of arrogance and i know this is in the bible um i i don't know if it was meant to be arrogant but it's something like uh have dominion over the earth you know just like um with their our only woman person on the panel <laughs> have dominion over your wife adam <laughs> and the earth while you're at it and i i just i i kind of i kind of i'm kind of critical about that you know i look at that as sort of 
I don't know if it was translated because I don't read Hebrew or in Aramaic, but um, just thinking it's kind of arrogant the thing to think to think that you can control the planet, you know, as a human being or anybody or anything. When it comes when it comes to the Bible, I think one of my favorite things to do, the people take it literally, is mm-hmm. to say, okay, so when Jesus comes back with a flaming sword coming out of his mouth, should we take that literally? Is he going to come back with a flaming sword coming out of his mouth? Because there's a lot of people that take the the Bible literally. And it's like some of those things just don't make sense, and then they're like, oh, well, it means the Lord with the word. I'm like, okay, so the Bible can be taken not literally, right? It can be <laughs> metaphysical, um, and and the same thing. Uh, so. The, the messed up thing about the Bible, and you know, I, there's some of it that I see the metaphysical purpose in it, um, but uh, definitely not like Christians. But uh, the second conference of Constantinople is when they really revised the Bible and what, what they were decided to put in it. Um, and what they took, one of the things that they took out, there's, you know, it's very suspicious that we don't have information about Jesus from the ages of 13 and 30. And then a lot of pastors, a lot of priests would be like, oh, well, you know, they couldn't put a whole, all of Jesus's life. And then we find out a little bit later from documents in Tibet and India that um, uh, Jesus actually went to um, uh, India. He actually went to these various masters and, and worked with them regardless. And um, uh, and the reason, you know, when you research the Second Conference of Constantinople, the reason that they took that part out was so that they didn't, so that they wouldn't shake the faith of Christians. They wouldn't make them think that that like other masters or other or other gurus were, you know, just as valid. So they took that part out and they made Jesus kind of like the only master or guru where in a sense, we just don't have a lot of Jesus's life. And, and that, that information, uh, there's multiple conferences of CAD, Constantinople, but that information, all the information that's withheld was withheld so that it could be more dogmatic and it could be used to control people by the aristocracy. Um, so it's, it's, it's definitely, uh, the Bible is definitely very complicated, especially when you look at other sources in regards to what's in it and why certain things aren't in it. Absolutely, man. That was, that was great. Well, Hey guys, um, I want to go ahead and like wrap this up. We can keep chatting for a little bit after this. I'm going to, um, hit stop in a moment, but, uh, go ahead and let's go around. And once again, for the viewers, just like, you know, say your name and like where they can find you. And then, you know, I'll, I'll just close it out. Cause it's been an awesome, awesome conversation, by the way. So thank you for being here and doing this. This is amazing. And I want to have another Lords of Chaos gathering again. Maybe for the invite. next month. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So yeah, go ahead. Feel free to like introduce yourself and tell the viewers where they can find the listeners, viewers, listeners, we're the viewers. Tell the listeners where they can find you, you know? All right, so... Once again, I'm Giovanni. You can find me on YouTube, uh, HM Bloodline of Light. You can also find me on uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram. And um, on my YouTube channel, you'll see links in the description. And once again, I'm also a progressive metal artist. I go by Archangel Royal. And uh, thank you for having me. And I'm very grateful for this. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? All right, uh, no, go ahead. All right, now go for it, Hunter. You beat me to it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm Hunter Salazar. Um, I, uh, there's a lot of different things that I do. Uh, blood magic, uh, uh, necromancy. I've been working with a lot of different forces. Um, I am first and foremost, devotee of the divine mother, Kalima and Odin. Uh, you can find my channel on YouTube at Hunter Salazar, H-U-N-T-E-R space S-A-L-A-Z-A-R. You type me in, I'll be the first, uh, I'll be the first, um, you know, uh, link. I'll be the first person that pops up, but yeah, it was great being here. I really appreciate everybody's opinion. 
All right, guys, I just want to thank everyone for uh, tuning in. Thank Roderick for having me and everyone being here. My name is Damian James once again. I have a YouTube channel called The Chaos Vibration. Simply put, type in chaos and the word vibration. Um, I also do have a Patreon launching right now with some blog ideas, extra content, and um, affordable one-on-one -on -one services to learn results, magic, life coaching, things along those lines, try to keep it practical, accessible, and it's good for people that want to use magic to, I feel, become a better human in this world, live their truth, instead of trying to become an indigo child in human form or whatever the hell we got going on right now. <laughs> nice. Anybody else? Yeah, my name is Rebecca, and you could find me on YouTube if you like poetry and meditation. Um, and magic. My my name uh, is Rebecca with a K for magic. My mom was a witch as well. I was born and in, summoned into a coven actually. That's a long story, but if you're interested, I'll tell you about it. R-E-B-E-K-A, last name Newbold, N-E-W-B-O-L-D. And my same thing, my name, you find me on Instagram. Um, actually, I think on my Instagram, I changed it to uh, my goth uh, persona. I used to run a goth club. So if you, if you go on Facebook, I have a goth page. If you're into goth music, it's the brat queen at Vanta Black. I used to uh, run club Vanta Black in Oakland at the store club. So you can follow me on that. And on Instagram, it's the brat queen of Vanta Black as well. Yeah. So you can go ahead and follow me if you want to or not. Choose your own adventure. Dope. <laughs> <laughs> and I am Matt. You can find stuff at chaostero.com. There's a little artwork, a little blogging. Um, primarily, it's a vehicle for like a web app that I'm developing to help the modern magician with his day-to-day. -day. Nice. Yeah. So once again, thank, I want to thank everybody for being here. And like I said, uh, this has been kind of like an experiment and I feel I feel really good about it. I actually, I knew it was it would turn out well. I'm, it's still recording, by the way, right now. But um, yeah, I want to do this again very soon probably next month i can't wait to get my feedback from people so uh yeah so thanks for tuning in everybody to another episode of the far side of midnight and if you want to contact me just go to roderick z at protonmail.com that is a email from switzerland because i don't really use gmail because nobody's ever heard of it here <laughs> so it's like roderick z or z for you canadian listeners at pro ton.com or protonmail.com sorry and i will see you next time peace bye bye bye, bye. <laughs>